Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. And we are continuing our kind of summer blockbuster theme. And uh, we have a special guest with us. We are still, you know, sheltering in place as much as we can. Hopefully most of you are too. And wearing masks and doing all that safe stuff. But uh, our guest is friend of the podcast, Sherry. Hi, everyone. And we're glad to have her back with us. And uh, how's the how's the uh, sheltering in place going? Uh, two thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, pretty much same here. <laughs> or as one of Nancy's favorite terms. Two turds. <laughs> Two turds. So to continue our theme, we've got two movies that are connected in a lot of different ways. Um, Nancy's going to talk about The Terminator. And later on the podcast, I'm going to talk about Aliens. Not Alien. Not Alien 2. Aliens. And we're so, not going to talk about Nancy. Alien because we already did that last year. Right. So. So we are. So both of these movies have three obvious things in common. They were James Cameron movies. They star Michael Bean, and they have supporting roles by Lance Hendrickson. So and Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton has, like, you blink and you miss him in Terminator. So let's not over-exaggerate <laughs> how much he's in He's like movie. a punk rocker, Nancy. He's a very know. prominent character. But, you know, two James Cameron movies. Um, Terminator he gets his heart ripped out. I mean, it, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and he's whiny in both of the movies, but we'll get there later. Um, <laughs> we, uh, True. But Terminator came out in, 80, in October of 84, and... You know, it's it's about this lady named Sarah Connor, who is essentially like the mother of the resistance and she doesn't know it yet. <laughs> um, it starts off in the future, you know, this very far off future date of 2029. I mean, can anyone imagine 2029? I don't think I can. Oh, wait, that seems that's only nine years away. So holy shit, we're in the future. <laughs> holy shit, we're like right means there, I'm 50. I don't like it. <laughs> so so um, essentially machines have taken over and there are, you know, these really scrappy survivors left. And one of them's name is Kyle Reese. And he volunteers to go back in time to um, help out Sarah Connor, like to keep her safe because the machines have more or less figured out they need to go back and kill her because she's going to become the mother of John Connor, who like leads the human resistance in the future. Um, a lot of this movie is like a chase between Arnold Schwarzenegger as this like human cyborg Terminator guy um, and he is very, he just seems indestructible. He's incredibly strong. He's just kind of very determined. Like he has a mission and it's to kill Sarah Connor and there's no deviating him from this. He will pl literally plow through things to get to Sarah Connor. Um, and Sarah Connor is played by Linda Hamilton with her Rod Stewart looking feathered <laughs> hair from God. 1984. It's so bad. Uh, and she's just, you know, your average, probably like late 20s, maybe early 30s. I'm going to say late 20s. Just kind of lady living in Los Angeles. She's a waitress. She's, you know, riding her little moped. You know, she just, there's nothing really remarkable about her. Um, she's got a roommate that's named Ginger, who is probably the most annoying character in the whole movie, um, <laughs> who never mean, takes mean her, mean, never takes her Walkman where off. She takes her headphones off oh, <laughs> when they're having sex. So <laughs> I thought she had them on when they were having I mean, sex. No, she won't take them off. Oh, she won't yeah, take she, them off. Yeah, yeah, like, no. She like pumps up I the know. volume. I know. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, yeah. 
So, so Kyle Reese goes back in time to, you know, save her. It's like the Terminator and Kyle Reese are kind of like, um, chasing each other, trying to get to Sarah Connor. And ultimately Kyle finds her and is able to protect her, even though she thinks he's kind of crazy. Like, who the hell is this? Why is he telling me, you know, who is this future man? And, you know, can this really be true? He just sounds crazy. Um, Tell but, me, future boy, who's president in 2029? Ex- <laughs> ex- there, see, exactly. Gavin Newsom. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, was, he was a leader in making us wear masks when it was dangerous outside, so he's deserving of it. Um, but the movie's great. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it is a hardcore chase movie. I mean, this the whole crux of this movie is it's a chase scene with Arnold just seeming totally unstoppable and there are many many moments where you're like i I don't think they're gonna survive how can they possibly survive i mean you know they will because sarah's gonna have a baby named john connor which is gonna who is eventually gonna fight these machines in the future but it just seems like holy crap i mean this monster can literally be ripped in half he can have all of his uh skin melted off and then he still has his like um stop motion um metal <laughs> skeleton walking around and just doesn't stop so but but i think it was it's it's a lot of fun i re, i've probably only seen it maybe twice before i certainly had not seen it before watching t2 which is a little weird mm. to watch a sequel before an original but i guess it just never appealed to me but and once we saw t2 I think I quickly made an effort to see the original. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun, I mean, it's a fun chase movie. I mean, I like that it's set in LA. There's something fun about a chase movie in LA because of, you know, just, there's a, there's a lot of expansive areas to drive. It doesn't feel like just running around through buildings. Like if it was in like New York or something, but yeah. Yeah. What would you guys like to add? Well, I did see this before T2. Okay. Um, I probably maybe once. Mm -hmm. Um, So I knew the story. I didn't really get, you know, this whole kind of confusion of why is Arnold Schwarzenegger a good guy in this other one when he was the bad guy in the other one. It all made sense. But I really like this movie. I like the kind of gritty nature of it. Mm-hmm. It has a cool look and feel. Yeah. Um, and this really, to me, is what launched James Cameron into directorial... Stratosphere. The stratosphere. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he's always been pushing technology, mm-hmm. trying to do new things. Not just the fact that there's a cyborg in his story... Because he did write this, but um, you which know, is what makes it so much cooler that he, you know, wrote it too. To me, and this whole idea of time travel, yeah. Now this came out before Back to the Future, mm-hmm. but has that similar kind of go back in time, and if you change the past, it'll alter the future. Yeah, right. But there's which, no again, DeLorean, so the Avengers. <laughs> basically said bullshit <laughs> but there's no method for them to return and that was that was one of the fun elements of this was dude so how do you plan on getting back you know when the cops eventually are interrogating Kyle Reese he's like I can't go right. back and then he later tells Sarah I traveled through time for you Sarah I've been in love <laughs> with you I traveled in time I love Michael Bean. for you yeah, uh, yeah. The <laughs> we'll, we we could talk about their relationship and the bizarreness of that. Yeah, um, a little we'll later. But um, can we I, talk about where how when the Terminator first goes and he has to get after he gets his outfit from Bill uh, and his buddies? Poor Bill. <laughs> He goes over to the gun shop. Uh, yes. Which, because they're in LA. Oh, yeah, what? No, go ahead. I think he goes over to the gun shop 
And my first thought was like, man, they should have used the gun store that's in the Guns N' Roses video. Video was that. Am I imagining that? Anyway. But, you know, he just ignores Winchell's and goes into the gun store. And I mean, I know he's a Terminator, so I guess it's important because he probably can't actually eat. But I don't know. He should have stopped in there first. I mean, I really miss Winchell's. I would have. I, I think he would have been in a better mood if he'd had a chocolate old fashioned. I think so, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Maple I bar. Mean, mm. I had to give up donuts, but I think that a good uh, maple bar. Yeah. Would have straightened out everything between <laughs> yeah. the machines and the humans. Maybe it could have at least saved them from killing those other Sarah Connors. And then, you know, they could have prevailed. Well, no. Nope. Going back to the gun shop, though, that really struck me watching it now because yeah. I can't imagine anyone walking into a gun store now in California, no less, and being able to walk away with that haul that he did. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, the gun owner or the gun shop owner basically is like, well, you have to wait 15 days for these other guns. For handgun. No, no I right? don't. Is what he says. And he just blows them away. I think that this movie was the, this was the, really the introduction to Michael Bean. Yes. For a lot of people. And then again in Aliens and then we got to have the wonderful performance in Tombstone. Yep. That we talked about before. And he's kind of fallen, like, out of the acting stratosphere. Where to get? So well, I've noticed though, blonder Michael Bean plays a good guy, but dark-haired Michael Bean, like hmm. in the Terminator, plays more of an evil character. Yeah, he has dark hair in the Abyss too. Yeah, and he has kind of a dark side in that movie. Doesn't he have mustaches in both The Abyss and t- Tombstone? <laughs> Maybe it's also the mustache that makes him a little evil. I think he has a mustache is in it Tombstone. A, is it a goatee? Is he from the darkest timeline? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some other huge community fans out there listening to your podcast, too. Yeah. But, you know, this movie had, like, Arnold's big line, you know, I'll be back. You know, that's when he goes yeah. to the police station to go have a little chat with his friend Sarah Connor. And the cop is like, ah, oh, no, take a seat. She's take, giving her a statement. No, I'll be back. And he comes back with his car driven through the front office. <laughs> yeah, I think that I, 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 my favorite line is the come with me if you want to live. Yes. And I think a lot of people, because of yes. Terminator 2, think that's his line. And it's really Kyle's line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then he says it in T2. I think he says it. In T in the third one, um, have not seen that. I've only seen the. Yeah, we don't one. need to count that one. <laughs> it's not very good. I mean, really, it. The Terminator and T two, really only need to be the only Terminator movies. But, uh, I give them credit for trying <laughs> to make other ones. Yeah. <laughs> Let the franchise. Um, this let one, the franchise. This one live. is definitely, you know, eventually we're going to talk about Terminator Two, and we can weigh the two movies against each other. Then, spoiler alert: I think I like T Two better. <laughs> so just blow it, Nancy. Sorry, You're just blowing all the drama. People were eh. sitting there waiting <laughs> for that episode I to see what it. you thought. <laughs> Well, I'll give it when we do our rewatch, I'll be able to weigh it more, more, yeah, more evenly. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'll say this. This movie definitely felt of the 80s. And I don't remember oh, yeah. T2 feeling so stuck in the 90s in the same well, way. But then again, 80s. we'll see. We'll see. That's what I love about it. I mean, obviously, from the first scene, the music kicks. Yeah. All of that. You know, synthesizer and stuff. It's amazing. I do love after all his skin melted off and how when it was torso shots up, it was all like a puppeteer kind of thing moving him around. But then when it was the full body, it was the stop motion animation. 
Yeah. That was yeah. that was something really fun. I was like, oh, look at him walking around. Because it reminds me of like Clash of the Titans and some of these other those other movies mm-hmm. that had that special effect. It's like, yeah, that looks good. Well, it'd be CGI. It'd be it'd be all computer generated now if it was done now, but Well, you know, if you're looking at the technology, he's using the stop motion. They've got like the animatronic Terminator body mm-hmm. with just the endoskeleton. And then that goes beyond in T2 with all the CGI and and then so forth for James Cameron. But, uh, yeah, I like Michael Bean in this. Lance Hendrickson that you mentioned also doesn't have a huge role yeah. as one of the police. And he's not even the main cop. No. He's, he's like, working under the main guy. But this is just a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not, like, bloody, except for when he, like, takes out the fake eye when he get when he gets damaged. And, and when the, he does the Luke Skywalker action with his arm, his right arm. Yeah, but because you know that he's a cyborg, it doesn't seem as gross. Yeah. I winced. Yeah, yeah I like, it doesn't Ugh. bother me. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't like seeing an exacto knife dug into any kind I know. of flesh, even if <laughs> it's part, fake. That part is bad. <laughs> that part is bad. But yeah, the eyeball, that was that was gross. I uh, I saw this movie first. It wasn't that long ago that I saw it. I had never watched them. I don't know why. Um, I want to say it was probably maybe between eight and 10 years ago that I first watched it. And I didn't think I was going to like it at all or very much at all. And I thought if anything, I would like T2 when I watched it after much more to my surprise, I absolutely loved the first one, this movie. Um, I love to watch it when it, when it's on or sometimes I'll put it on and it made me like Arnold Schwarzenegger more because of it. Cause I had really not watched very much of anything mm. he was in. Um, and I used to hear like the lines from the movies, you know, my whole life practically. Mm-hmm. And I still laughed when he said, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. I still find it funny. And I understood why it was so funny when I first watched it. <laughs> it's a great scene. Even so, though he's uh, a yeah, robot, yeah. he's still very funny. He is. He is funny. I like uh, especially when he's trying to look up the possible responses to people, like the guy in the hallway. And, you know, he comes up with a fuck off asshole. Right. Uh, appropriate <laughs> response. It's like, OK. I love that part. Um, well, I think. Go ahead. What's your favorite character, Nancy? Kyle. I like Kyle Reese a lot. I feel like he's. I like his determination. I mean, I like Sarah a lot, too. I think I like Sarah more in the second one because she's like a full on certified badass for the second one. And she's she's like in her badass infancy in this one. She's learning to become a badass, but she hasn't gotten totally there until, you know, the very, very end. But no, I like Kyle a lot. I um, and I like how. I like how he gets the shit kicked out of him so many times through the movie, but somehow makes it through until the final part when it was like, there is no way this guy is going to have any final breaths. I mean, she's going to flip him over and he's going to be dead, dead, dead. I mean, there's just no alternative in that last, uh, you know, little fight he had with the uh, only like the uh, machine that was left because the, the Arnold skin had already melted off at that point. But no, <laughs> yeah. I like Kyle the most. What about you, Sherry? I like Kyle the most too. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, he's just so serious. All three of story. us. All... Um, yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, like none of it would happen first, but also he's just so likable. I mean, and from the beginning of the movie, when he comes over and he's naked, when he comes into the future, I mean, past and goes to uh, the past from the future, right? right. Back to the future. Days of future uh, past. 
he has to like take those that bum's clothes and like he's running around with like shit stained pants everywhere. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe it's just food, but I don't think so. But he's just like, I know he's just in the shit in 2029. I mean, his life is horrible. Like his life is horrible. I mean, it's horrible. Right. You bring up a good point. That's the other thing that I like is the shots of the future. The opening shot of the movie when the robot that has like the tank treads is just rolling over human skulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the visual of that is, is really good. Dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, and it all takes place in the same spot. Like it's Los Angeles in the future. Right? Or right. am I am I yeah. understanding yes. that wrong? Yes, it's LA. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's also really, really cool. Um, there's things about the um, dystopic future that kind of remind me of The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that the the Wachowskis probably got an idea of what a dystopian future might look like from this. I mean, and there's a, a lot of 80s kind of sci-fi mm-hmm. movies. You got the Mad Max movies. Yeah. And a bunch of, like, lower-budget ones. But even, like, Death Race, that one's got a future. Um, is, that, is that with Sil- Sylvester Stallone? No. I don't know who's in the original Death Race. I, unfortunately, have only seen the Jason Statham Death Race. <laughs> Death Race. Which I I, I kind of really like. It's pretty cool. It, Sherry would I like to, that. I need to watch it's cars. It. Yeah, <laughs> I need to watch it. So, Sherry, you said that you've only seen this for the first time within like le- last less than a decade ago. Yes. Did Matt make you watch it? No, I wanted to watch it. I wanted to watch T two, and so they were like Neil and Matt. Uh, okay. You need to watch the first one. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I just was like, oh boy. And it started with that music and I just laughed and I was like, oh boy. And I just, but it, I think it holds up. Now I am a child yeah. of the eighties. So things looks more familiar to me perhaps, but I just think it's still really great. Yeah. Um, I think you get enough of a feel of how terrible the future is without them really showing too much of it. Uh, and you, you really, you feel for Kyle and it's just like it, you you get what he's about. I mean, the girl is straight up watching a fire on TV. Not like a yeah. Christmas fire, like, you know, how people sometimes turn on a special channel at Christmas time and have a roaring fire on that. This was literally a fire in a, like, punched out TV box, like a yeah. picture screen. It's like, this is what this is what their future holds. It's just, I mean, you know, and dogs having to help detect who the humans are versus who these human yeah. cyborg r- machines are. I mean, it's. Well, I would even argue that even though Arnold Schwarzenegger is this big giant star and Linda Hamilton's car, um, character, Sarah Connor, is the person that we're supposed to be protecting and, you know, she's the mother of the future and all this kind of stuff. Michael Bean's character is kind of the main character. I mean, he's the one we follow in the flash forwards. <laughs> to, yeah. You know, to the future. If it wasn't for him guiding her, seeing his story. I mean, none of this really makes any sense. It's just just some robots chasing some chick, and who gives a shit? Yeah. But, uh, so I would say all of us thinking he's our favorite character, well, it's because he's the main character. Yeah. Suck I, it, I don't... Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and they finally he's have the, the love guy. scene. <laughs> so this is what's funny about watching this movie a second time all these years later. I was, like, looking at the clock, like, when the hell is the sex scene coming? When are they going to finally <laughs> do it? When is when is he going to put a little John Connor in her? Because time is click ticking here. <laughs> Arnold's on his way to the hotel. Like, when is it going to happen? That's not... That's Hurry not up. what he calls his wiener. <laughs> no. <laughs> Got to get it on at the Tiki Motel, man. Let's go. Oh, man. 
<laughs> so when it finally His came up, I was like, daughter. adult movies and truck parking. It's where it's at. Well, I mean, and what's great is that she didn't know who it was going, who the dad was going to be, and honestly, he didn't know either because she was like, "Well, do you no, know anything about no John's father?" Like, and you know, just all these basic questions. It's just no, 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 don't tell me. I don't want to know. Well, honey, what if um, what if John's dad was actually like. Someone in Motley Crue, <laughs> like a she Rod was cruising. She was she was on the strip. <laughs> she hair. was at the whiskey, hooked up with Nikki Six <laughs> or Tommy Lee, and they had the their son is the future of the re- the revolution. I don't know. Don't what was know. the lead singer? <laughs> Brett Michaels. What if Brett Michaels is the dad? Oh God, from Poison. Yeah. Then he did like the whole Rock of Love show, and it was like it was Sarah the whole time. Oh, who to who to thunk? Who to thunk? Yeah, she did seem to know her way around that nightclub. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your favorite scene, Nancy? Hmm. Maybe it is the nightclub scene because I think that's when Kyle. Isn't that when Kyle says his line, come with me if you want to live? Yeah. Yeah, I think that one, because because at, at that point, the Terminator had only really revealed himself to, like, a few random homeless people or people out on the street. Like, he becomes a big known threat at that point, but then Kyle's able to really go get Sarah and help start protecting her. So I think I think that intro at the club is pretty great. I also, like, the scene at the end, the factory scene where the yeah. whole fight in the factory, that's pretty freaking awesome. And thank God she was sitting right next to those buttons and that her arms are long enough. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to reach, mm-hmm. you know, no. I'm too short. I don't think I could have had the reach to get those buttons. So <laughs> it's a good thing. Those buttons that would uh, crush the machine were right there. I kept remembering him getting crushed in like a car trash compactor but i guess yeah. because again it's been so long since i'd seen it i was like doesn't he end up getting like crushed in a car trash compactor but no that's or a car crusher or whatever but no no it was it was you know and and hello how how you know forward looking that it ends up probably being is that the same company that ends up taking the arm to ultimately build the machines later like where it got um, destroyed it's kind of Oh, Cyberdyne, sorry, yes. Cyberdyne Systems. Skynet is the system they Cyberdyne creates. Right. Got it. And I don't even... Do they even call it Skynet in this? No, I was thinking about that before we did the podcast, and I was thinking, they don't even say that. They don't even say it. So, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty dang sure of it. We will watch T2. They don't refer to it as much as they do in T2. No, no. Which listeners? He just says the machines also, all the time. We'll also be doing T two this summer, so you'll hear it sooner than later. Sherry, what's your favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene is the slow motion scene in Technoir that we were talking about. Um, I think that scene is just shot so cool. Um, but it's it does not have my favorite line, which is. That's what he does. That's all he does. <laughs> I love that. Lane. When was that? Who says that? That's Kyle the, says it. Is that that's in the when he's held by the police, right? Yeah. Yes. Because that is my favorite scene. <laughs> that when scene he, is great, too. When he is There's in um, the lockup and they're interviewing him. Yeah. And the psychiatrist just thinks he's uh, nuts. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. But, like, you see him being interviewed, and then you see, like, the extended interview on the video and everything, and I would just... Watching him perform in that was a great scene. It was really good. I like that part. And the one Nancy mentioned at the end is, too, is, I mean, awesome. I had... I was trying to decide between that one and the slow motion one, but... Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, So, definitely, it was fun to rewatch. I'm glad that we uh, added these to our summer blockbuster rewatch list. Yeah, I mean, 
I've rewatched it a number of times since I first saw it because I'm that person. You are that person. <laughs> I find a movie I like, it's on the television, I'll stop and watch it. <laughs> I, here's a question for you guys. How many people made their number unlisted after watching Terminator? Oh, I bet. Because <laughs> there's, there's one warning from that movie. It's don't be listed in the phone book. What's a phone book? I know. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. What are phone numbers? Do people even have to remember those? You just, like, program someone in your phone and look them up by name now, right? That is true. And one of my fears is that I'll need a number. I know. And I just don't know it. I try to remember numbers as best I can. But I'm going to be honest... I don't know if I'd be able to get in touch with mom <laughs> if, uh, if I lost my phone. <laughs> I'm thinking about it's it. It's pretty sad. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'll have to think about it. I'm, I'm going to correct that, mom. Yeah, when you we'll fix to this, that. I'll be able to recite your phone number. My parents <laughs> have the same phone number they've had for like 40 years. I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, your parents still have a landline. They do. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Yeah. You have any other final thoughts about Terminator before we move over to Aliens? No, I think we're done. Nancy, you want to? No, I mean, I, like I said, I think it was fun to add to this like summer blockbuster rewatch. So, looking forward to watching T two in a f- few weeks. <laughs> it's yeah. much better than Avatar. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Never saw it. <laughs> oh, you were lucky. <laughs> People love that movie. I'm just like, why? They're making sequels. I mean, I maybe, think the maybe it's one's the Titanic next year. Maybe it was all the fans that he gained from Titanic are also Avatar <laughs> fans. I like Titanic and do not like Avatar. Yeah, However, I, I like Titanic for the love story and the fact that it's like Titanic. And I was always interested in Titanic when I was younger. So I don't say it's not much of the movie making aspect of it necessarily. And, you know, Leo and Kate, but whatever you love, Billy Zane, just admit it. (laughs) Oh, he sucks in that movie. Well, that is a James Cameron movie. But I'm going to talk about another James Cameron movie. We're going to go back into outer space where no one can hear you scream. And we're going to talk about aliens Mm. and not just one alien, more aliens, aliens. plural. And I'm looking at a movie poster for aliens and the tagline is this time it's war. Yeah. <laughs> so in Aliens, Ellen Ripley has been found floating in space 57 years after the explosion of the Nostromo and she has defeated the alien. And She comes to find out that the company, which I believe we talked about in the first time that we talked about Alien, because it was their whole plan to to trap the alien or get it to ingest itself in one of the crew and then bring it back to Earth so they can weaponize it. Yeah. It's a great plan. It'll work out well. It it, it does sound like a reasonable, logical yeah. thing that a company would do. The company. So we find out and Ellen finds out that the idiots at the company <laughs> decided to go back to that planet where the alien was and colonize it because that's the American way. <laughs> that's there's for families. sure. There's families there. That, that shot, that look on her face when she put like, that together. 
you guys are flipping nuts. <laughs> well, she's pissed, but what is she going to do? She has to move on with her life. So she gets a regular job and she gets a knock on the door from Burke, who is played by Paul Reiser, <laughs> who at this time in his career, I think, was more of a comedian. Mm-hmm. But nothing he does in this movie is funny. No, he's mad about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I was mad, about, that one. mad about aliens. <laughs> mad about xenomorphs. Oh, <laughs> well, he comes knocking on her door to tell her that they've lost con- uh, they've lost contact with the colonists, and they've decided to send a group of marines to the planet and they want her as an advisor and she tells them to kick rocks yep because she does not want to she's not getting on a ship out there she's not getting near that planet i'd like to point out she tries to tell them and i wrote act one ripley sleeps for 57 years and then gets gaslit they right? try and be like, ah, oh, it's not that big a deal. I'd also like to point out that she and Kyle Reese from Terminator occupy in like almost the identical role. They are the lone mm-hmm. survivor or witness to something horrible that they're trying to warn everybody about. And yeah. they're both treated as though they're crazy. I mean, and she's True. she's interrogated for having the balls to blow up that ship, even though she knew that was the only way she could escape with her life. Right. And they were all mad at her because, um, didn't you know how expensive that was? Well, <laughs> and they're basically denying the fact that the company said capture the alien and they're the company. Yeah. yeah. They're just covering it up. Cause I'm pretty sure they know there's fucking aliens on the planet they just colonized. Yep. Oh, yeah. So... Starts out well. Starts out well. <laughs> but there's a problem with Ripley. Her she haircut. PTSD. And her... Well, <laughs> actually, I'm pretty sure she's wearing a wig when she first gets saved. Yeah. And then she gets kind of a shorter haircut. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that bad. It gets better after she's woken up and it's, yeah, anyways. After the after the coronavirus and she can finally see a stylist and uh, yeah. get it taken yeah. care of. My God. I hope we don't have to wait 57 years. It's <laughs> <laughs> not funny. <sighs> but anyway, she's got PTSD. She's having nightmares. Luckily, in case anyone's wondering... Jonesy survives and is living with her, even though she calls him shithead the whole time. I think she feels like the only way I'm going to feel comfortable is if I go and help these colonists and find them and get some closure. Big mistake. Our friends... Michael Bean mm-hmm. and Bill Paxton play a couple Marines and they all go to the planet to check on the colonists. And, you know, she's made like a whole briefing video to warn them about the dangers of the aliens. Mm-hmm. Like a pandemic response team. Yep. What That's are those? Ignored? Yeah. I don't know what those are. <laughs> We're not in a pandemic. No. She feels really kind of dismissed by the whole group of Marines. And even Burke, Mm. who joins them, because he's got to represent the company, right? Yeah. He kind of acts like, maybe it's no big deal. I don't know. And they get there, and it's a shit show. There's plural aliens there. And the rest of the movie is really 
similar to Terminator, kind of a chase scene. And I think that you find that theme to be common in lots of summer blockbusters. Yeah. It's just, and I think that's one of Dad's biggest criticisms of some movies. It's just a big chase scene. Yeah. But there's the suspense that's built in the original Alien is different than the suspense built in this. Like the suspense in Ridley Scott's movie almost feels almost more like a horror movie. Yeah, it's like a haunted house movie. Yeah, and you and we don't. This is our first experience with these aliens. In this movie, we already are familiar with them, but James Cameron cranks up the volume by having so many of them. And, you know, every, you know, as they're exploring that space, seeing like all of like the alien cocoons and exoskeletons or whatever just like formed everywhere. I mean, oh, it is so gross. (laughs) I think, I think it's important to add that. This is Nancy's first time watching this. Oh, yeah. Yes. We needed to talk about that. Yes. And just like Alien, which you only watch that one time. Correct. um, You're just kind of experiencing all this from the beginning. I mean, Sherry and I have seen all the Alien movies. Hmm. So we're kind of comfortable with a lot of this stuff and just knowing kind of like how in Alien. In comfortable with the cocoon of, stuff? Is that what you're saying? No, but just <laughs> how scary they are. I don't yes. know. No, I'm a no on that. Let me, no, I, mean, but so I guess crap out of me. <laughs> it's kind of the same you mean show. You understand every what's time. going on. Yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. monster sure. in the closet. Right. Don't go near the closet. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. So, anyway. No, my first time, and it was it was intense. I mean, it was, I, I gasped several times. Yes, I mean, yes. There was lots of, you know, things kind of popping out out of corners. And, you know, we have the new element of a little kid. But we know that a little kid's not going to get hurt. I mean, that was, like, the only saving grace I have. Like, I'm, she's not going to get hurt. There's no way. Like, no. Well, and this movie really kind of expands on the lore of the alien. I mean, this is the this is a one of the first times we hear it called a xenomorph. Yeah. Yeah. We really learn where the eggs came from. Yeah. <laughs> and that scene when you see them all (sighs) because those that don't know the xenomorphs are kind of like insects where you've got the bugs they come from an egg and the eggs come from a queen (laughs) so there's a queen alien that we see and she's got this giant egg sack, Ugh. just kind of like a. <laughs> I like wish you ants. guys could see Nancy's face right now. <laughs> it's bad. So so gross. Yeah, there's definitely some horror aspects of this movie. Ultimately, besides the alien, once again, who's the real villain? The company. Yep. Because Paul Reiser is really just there to try and bring an alien back, just like the first movie. And it also makes me wonder if that's the real reason why the colonists were there. Sure. To harvest aliens and bring them back? Yeah. Yeah. Then why would you bring families? Yeah, because they don't care. Oh, my God. Well, I like the idea. Money before lives, Nancy. We're opening up. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like the idea that it's like human colonists with their families. And then it's this is really where like all the eggs are harvested and where all the aliens are born, too. So it's like two competing families, family species 
But yeah. was, you know, you yeah. keep talking vaguely about uh, Paul Reiser. We just have to drop really quick. It took him how many years with Stranger Things to get a little bit of payback or just like to address <laughs> being part of like a being a scientist and having to fight aliens again. Yeah. 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 I definitely thought about that when I watched Stranger Things. I don't and I don't dislike Paul Reiser. No. I just think that um, you're not supposed to like his character. You're not no. supposed to like him. No. <laughs> his character's no. a big dick in this movie. Yeah. So. Well, one one nice twist in this movie was um, robot redemption. You know, yes. The robot was so evil yes. in the first movie, but. Um, Lance Henriksen got to prove to be, you know, super robot. So he's yeah, great. his his character Bishop, mm-hmm. who's kind of a science officer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because the character of Bishop and the whole android aspect really kind of builds into the lore as well. And if you watch any of the sequels to the to this movie, Alien 3, Resurrection, or even um prequels. the prequels yeah. and Prometheus and and Alien Covenant, the sci- the the synthetic plays a big role. Mm, got it. Maybe not as much in Alien 3, but check it out. Hmm. I really like Alien 3 because I like the look of it. It's David Fincher. It's his first movie. A lot of people really find Aliens, this movie, to be the Alien movie. A lot of people like it. It's their favorite one. They like, it's one of those movie franchises you like the sequel better than the first one. A lot of people argue that they like this this one better than the first one. I'm not one of those people. I like the first one the best, but this one is excellent. Well, my boyfriend's not in this one, so. Right, right. No. It's got I'm that scared. problem, too. <laughs> he was killed in the he, first one. <laughs> they do show his picture, though. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, oh, I know. I paused, I paused it, and I, I pointed it out. I said, look, he's in it. There's he's no- over her shoulder. <laughs> but I have a new boyfriend in this one, and it's Michael Bean. Yeah. And he's got the hots he's for great. Ripley. That's great. I'll do anything to help you. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of he gets kind of messed up by the end, but... Well, he, that's what happens when you fight bad guys with acid for blood. No kidding. Yeah. You know, and he's let's so talk, great in this movie. Since we're talking about characters, I mean, Michael Bean is great in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has as big of a role like he did in Terminator. No, because well, no, he's not the main character. Sigourney but he's Weaver very, very doesn't important. need anyone saving him, saving her. But let's talk about our friend Bill Paxton, <laughs> the late Bill Paxton. Yeah. Let's not disrespect. Yeah, um, which does. Honestly, bum me out very much. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. young. But his character in this... <laughs> I mean... He plays it great. Does such a good job. I kind of feel like his character in this could be the, like the great, great, great grandson of his character in Weird Science. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's like the same whiny, mean jerk face. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's kind of fun to watch. He's kind of the co- the comic relief. And it's also just that person that. And understandably a, a bit because it's it's a lot to handle. Just loses it. Oh, you know, yeah. you know who he is, Matt? He no. is. And this is this is a deep cut for gamers. I'm not a gamer, but I know about this. He straight up is Leroy Jenkins. He's Leroy Jenkins. Do you know who Leroy Jenkins is? No. Okay, I'll send you a YouTube clip of Leroy Jenkins. It's basically in like a multiplayer game 
when there's like 10 people all trying to plan a certain attack on something and this one mm-hmm. this one impatient jerk named Leroy Jenkins decides <laughs> to just like I see plow through and just blow shit up and mess up the plan. So yeah, just is he the guy that you You've like never send heard out. me talk about Leroy Jenkins before? I think I have. No. I think I have. Oh, okay, I I'll send know. it to you, but that's who Bill that Paxton reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah, you're just trying to play Call of Duty and you have a plan and this guy just goes off book and goes nuts. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, Roy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. I th- Leroy I Jenkins. I'll I'll say this as a big difference between the first movie and this movie is in the first movie the crew is basically all scientists. Scientists yes. or skilled labor mechanics. mechanics. This movie is really more Marines. It's all military kind of yes. personnel. And you have that different energy. You know, the military personnel is really just like destroy, destroy. You know, it's not yeah. more analytical that like the scientists were. I mean, the scientists, of course, they were trying to figure out what the hell is this? I mean, why did an yeah. alien suck onto someone's face and then pop out through its stomach in the first one? People don't want to fall in quarantine. That's why. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there are protocols, people. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so there, so there's that, there's that very different vibe, and then you have even, even when, you know, you got Ripley and the um, commanding officer that's working with her. They stay back while everyone's doing like the, the lieutenant. Constant. Yeah, they see you cannot fire anything because, because of where they were over the. Uh, was it the air conditioning unit or something that was going to be like a thermonuclear blast if they shot in there or whatever? Yeah. yeah. So they're like the okay. fusion reactor. Yeah. Like, don't question it. Give up your your arms. Give up your bullets. Give up your grenades. And then you got like three or four hotheads that are just like, oh shit, screw that. I'm gonna lock a m- magazine in my pocket here. I'm gonna have, keep a couple grenades. I mean, freaking Boggs. Boggs from yeah. Shawshank. Yes, from Shawshank. Is one of these hotheads. And I will tell you that the person who I thought was going to die first lasted much longer than I expected. I thought the really feisty Latina fighter was going to die first because she was so. And you just named my favorite character. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Well, I thought she was going to die very early. Yeah, why is she your favorite character? Because she just is such a badass. She is a badass. She's trying to do the right thing. Yep. Are we jumping to favorite characters? Because I'll just tell you right now. Sure. Ripley, duh. Yeah. I mean, she's my other, of course, but. I know we always talk about it so easy to pick the lead, but sorry. She is. She's amazing. Future Disney princess. (laughs) (laughs) What? Well, because Fox made this movie, Disney bought Fox. So, technically, this is a Disney movie now. Oh, boy. Okay. So, why not make her a Disney princess? <laughs> Crazy. Along the lines with other great science fiction Disney princesses like Princess Leia. I think Well, they're yeah. almost cut from the same cloth. Very same. Yeah. You know, Ripley as far as leadership. Baskets, yeah, they just don't take anyone's shit, man. And <laughs> great matt yes my favorite character i really like michael bean in this movie yeah he's yeah he's really good i mean ripley is the obvious she's great but i really like michael bean he's the only one of the marines that is completely likable that we get to know yes um because even vasquez has some of her faults because she's one of the ones that decided to break the rules and shoot everything up and risk everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you think about it, they should have just blown the whole place up with, you know, regardless and just sacrifice themselves for the greater good. But then that little girl would have died and she was fine. Newt. Yeah. At that point, they didn't know she was there. Yeah, I don't think they they had found her yet. And my favorite scene 
probably my favorite scene is a tie between the scene where we first meet the queen. Yeah. Who has multiple arms. (laughs) She's got a giant head. And then kind of the showdown they have, but like just not speaking, but it's it's definitely got kind of a Western duel oh, kind yeah. of feel. Yeah. When they first reveal it, too, because it's like that, he's like that, that slow shot of like laying the egg and then it goes up and you're like, oh, man, <sighs> what is going to be behind that egg sack? <laughs> but then my my probably my my next favorite scene is when Ripley and Newt are napping and Paul Reiser has secretly let out the uh, face huggers. huggers. What an asshole. In that whole scene. That is probably one of the scariest scenes in this movie to me. Is that one of the gasping ones that you had, Nancy, when that happened? Yes. 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 So my favorite scene is towards the very, very end when... Um, the robot is taking care of Newt, and Ripley has disappeared for a minute. So then the elevator doors open, and she's wearing like that robot machine. Like she's like become like a transformer, so she can fight the alien the, at the end. Yeah, that that's I, a cool scene. I love it so much. You know, get away from her, you bitch, and just <laughs> yeah. her being in that. Because I guess I should have I should have known they're not going to show her in that giant machine early in the movie and her figuring it out and then not bring it, it was back all later. foreshadowing. But, oh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, that scene is excellent. And the whole thing with Bishop and because you're just watching it, you're it's one of those you think it might be over. And if you haven't watched too many horror movies <laughs> and then that yeah. tale just comes right through them. Yeah. But it's just like the first movie where they she gets on the shuttle. Right. And you think. Everything's great. So you're like, that's Putting not going to Jonesy in, nope. the, in the little yep. dock there, the, yep. the, high, the sleep chamber. And then all of a sudden there's an alien in there. Same show again. And I think that's one of the things that... I think it happens a lot where you're basically just... But you're never sure the, if it's going to happen. That's why it's still good, you know? No, that's not what I was going to say. Oh, what okay. I was getting at was... Sometimes when they make sequels, they're basically just taking the first movie and adding yeah. more to it. Yeah, beat and by this beat, one's it's definitely a that. Oh yeah. So, my favorite scene is the scene before the one Nancy's talking about when there's the countdown and she's just trying to get out. Oh, the whole, find, the get, whole go thing. back and get Newt and, and get out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that whole the whole ending is pretty good. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this movie, I didn't really see it when it came out. And I'm pretty sure I saw a- the first Alien first and then this movie. But I was too young to see that when that came out. So... I'm not 100% sure if I saw these movies in order, mm-hmm. but I still like the first Alien better because of the suspense factor. I think the and subtlety, too, with the, of it for yeah. me. Yeah. And there's I like less the aliens. There's less aliens for them to fight. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I really think that what... Ridley Scott did and the look and feel of that movie is just more appealing to me. It feels more like an art film almost. Yeah. Whereas right this movie really feels like a like a summer action movie. Yeah. With tons of bullets. Yeah. You know, and just It's what's amazing though is that it's they're so different, but they are the same subject, but they're both I think really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, talk, it's interesting. It's interesting to take on it. It's different. Talk about a busy summer because I believe, I believe Top Gun came out that same Is that summer. 86? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you had two of arguably the biggest blockbusters of the 80s coming out the same summer. Mm-hmm. 
action movies. I mean, right, mm-hmm. right. But yeah, I, I would say that I like this one in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it it has a different vibe, and it fits a different category to me. So I feel like I can almost like them equally, but if I have to choose, I always pick Alien. It just was creepier. Yeah. And it, well, you know, and at that point it had to be created out of nothing other than, you know, the artwork and things like that. But yeah. the, I, the, how, the look, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we already know that, it, that, like, Ripley had proven herself already by the end of the first one. So I think you watch her in this movie and you're very confident that even though she's dealing with PTSD, like, she is amazing. Like, she is so strong. She yeah. is, you know, just the ultimate badass. So, I mean, you. I think people have argued that Ellen Ripley was able to create this, um, like, badass lady quality that eventually led to Sarah Connor becoming sure. that yeah. kind of a character. I totally agree. When she's trying to tell the uh, lieutenant, like, he's, like, freaking out, and she's basically like, move. <laughs> Let me just do it. <laughs> you are incapable of leading and you suck. <laughs> You're driving me crazy. Oh, yeah. When Let she finally tore drive. through and like we need I need to go yeah. get them. Like I'm just I have to drive through this mess and go get them and then see who who can survive and get on this little ship. That's yeah. So smart. Cool. Well, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> This movie's great. Yeah. I'm glad we got... I'm glad you finally got to watch it. Me too. And I definitely recommend you checking out this, at least the neck, the two sequels. Did you ever see Prometheus? No. I have saved this whole series yeah. for okay. our project. Watch them all. I mean, Prometheus and Covenant or whatever, but if you like the series enough and sci-fi, you'll still... I was still entertained. I mean, there's still there's problems if you're really into the franchise, like things that happen. But um, I especially liked the fifth one because. Well, I'm not as big of a fan of Michael Fassbender anymore, but I. Yeah, I really liked him. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's great. I think that I don't really have any problems with the third one. I really like the third one. I heard it has but a prison f- movie feel. It's a prison movie mm-hmm. kind of okay. feel. But does she shave her head for one, that one? She does okay. because the planet is in, has lice. They all have lice. Got it. So they all shave their heads. But um, the fourth one is is pretty good. It's really it's it's uh, got Ron Perlman in it. I need to watch it again. I've only seen it once. Did Joss Whedon and Winona Ryder? Did Joss Whedon write the fourth one? Yes, and I think I'm pretty sure. But I don't. I'll have to look that up. But I know. um, I don't believe he directed it. I really don't like the ending of the fourth one. That's resurrection, right? Yes, there's something that happens in the fourth one near the end. That I hate. Mm. Yeah, it is Joss Whedon. Re- yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, all right. This was a fun episode. Yeah. I like talking about these movies. It was fun to rewatch. And um, I'm glad Sherry was able to join us. Thank you yes, very much. Thank you for you. having me. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And we have more episodes to come, as I always say. (laughs) So please stay tuned and uh, enjoy your summer of of watching blockbuster movies at home. (laughs) I'm not going to a movie theater anytime soon. I don't think I'm going in 2020. It, It makes me very, very sad. I mean, the popcorn alone gets some people to the theater. Yeah. And now you can't even get that. Nope. So I, yeah, well, I don't think it'll I'll, end eventually. It will end eventually. We'll really appreciate what everyone does and what everyone makes. 
for as far as movies go that entertain us because they ain't doing jack shit right now and it sucks it I, really sucks i think there's lots of writing and lots of development that's happening they just aren't actually doing any production right now right yeah, so but that might lead to some cool stuff because they're just sitting there having to think about it so <laughs> i'm imagining a lot of people trying to make um you know movies about a virus yeah. sure that'll come out of it but probably the scariest thing will be movies about parents trying to teach their kids from home <laughs> i think that's the horror story will be real and then teachers <laughs> like super teacher a summer blockbuster movie will have like this super teacher it'll be like kindergarten cop at home <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger will come in and save the day. That's what will happen. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to forget about it. Come yeah. with me if you want to learn. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Not about aliens. <laughs> All right. My name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. And this has been fighting over the VCR. Thank, Thank you. you.